0: Obviously the Snyders do a great job. They've added so much to our landscape.
1: Welcome to another D three datacast. I'm Zach Snyder, joined as always by Matt Snyder. And Matt, we're we're considering the off season done. Right, we got this early period. Some teams are practicing. It seems like most teams are practicing already. We've gotten through our Division Three trading card series. You can check that out in the playlist. That was a fun off-season project. That is done. We're getting into season mode, and with that, we have today's episode bringing you the preseason efficiency ratings, Matt. I know you've been itching to get these going um, as soon as possible, and uh, we have them here. We'll go through some kind of the the highlights uh, some, um, some context as to kind of like what this means, what this doesn't mean, but we should also point out here, Matt, right at the top, our, our viewers can head to d3datacast.com. We have these all posted on the website. Everything you will see on d3datacast.com is ad-free and, uh, in front of any sort of paywall, there are no paywalls. That's our commitment to the division three basketball community. And if you'd like to partner with us in in that project, you can go to patreon.com slash d3datacast for more information on supporting us, our efforts, and uh,
0: some little perks that you can get as a result. As you said, I've been itching to release these, get people some information about this 2023-2024 championship season, and today we get to do that. Like you said, the data is live on the site as well, preseason projections. We're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about that right now. So
1: before we get into this upcoming season, let's do a final rankings review from 2023, just to kind of set the picture. Because uh, being preseason, right? We, there's no there's no data yet set for for this this current season. So the preseason efficiency ratings are really kind of dependent on certain things from the past. Uh, most importantly, the final ratings from last season. Could you uh, take us through some of the highlights there at the top of the board?
0: Yeah, I just kind of let's reset the top 10 and then add in two additional teams, teams we saw in the final four. So this is where the computers ended last season. It was Randolph-Macon 1, St. Joseph-Connecticut 2, Oswego State, Christopher Newport 4. They won the national championship, but they were up at four on the computers. Johns Hopkins 5, Guilford 6, Swarthmore 7. They were a final four team. Williams 8, WPI 9, Hampton-Sydney 10, And then just jumping down to Mount Union at 13, they were a Final Four team, and Wisconsin Whitewater at 33, they were a Final Four team. So you might be saying, hey, wait, why is Christopher Newport not number one? We saw them um, win both games in Fort Wayne. They were the national champions. They were cutting down the nets at the end of the season. Uh, But a a computer system might not um, rate a team that wins the national championship championship Number one, for a variety of reasons, right? One reason why my system maybe didn't is um, it, at least this latest iteration, was weighing all games equally. So from November to March, if you played a game, it was weighing that the same. Um, You know, a reasonable computer system might not. And I'm actually, that's going to be something I'm going to be changing going into next year. I'm going to have a kind of a recency uh, weight for my most recent uh, projections. But this last year did not. So Randolph-Macon kind of start to finish. The computer liked them. All the way number one even though they lost to oswego state in the second weekend last year Uh, christopher newport still very highly rated at number four but maybe not the top team by the computer in a season-long uh stamp standpoint and and i think a human poll will will tend to vote the national champion number one and kind of the final four teams maybe not necessarily the top four but kind of up in that range computer maybe won't see it the same way uh, necessarily as the human voters because you can you can you know, We've seen really good teams not make the Final Four. We've seen teams that are not maybe quite as good from a season-long standpoint make good runs. Now, I think we saw four great teams last year in Fort Wayne, but the computer hey, says, hey, on a, on a year-long standpoint, uh, maybe didn't quite see them uh, as those top five-ish kind of teams. Um, and, and a computer rating's purpose is maybe different than a human poll's purpose, especially at the end of the year. Uh, I, I think maybe it, more towards the middle of the year, beginning of the year, they're kind of trying to do the same things. They're trying to say who do we think are the best teams. But I think a human poll by the end of the season says, hey, these are the, this is the champion and they deserve to be ranked atop the poll because we saw them win the championship. And it maybe shifts a little bit from just strictly who I think is the best team, right? If we, if we paired up Randolph-Macon next weekend with Christopher Newport, or we could reset the rosters to last year, I think we'd expect that to be a good series. They'd both win a bunch of games. Maybe Macon would win a best of seven series. Maybe Christopher Newport would win a best of seven series. But we, we, I think we both understand that those would be some really good games.
1: Yeah, and I think you really see the season-long impact there, especially with Whitewater, because at the end of the year they were playing as well as anyone. That run to the Final Four was not a fluke. They took down some some you know heavyweights to get there. It was an impressive run, but you know you put it in that season-long context, uh, they they rank a little bit high, a little bit lower than you would, like you said, at the end of the season. Human poll, which is uh, is more giving more credit to a, what a team is like at that end point, as opposed to what they were body of work. Because, you know, really, we talk about Whitewater and kind of those final weeks. They were more like a bubble team. Um, I don't know that anyone was talking about them as like a Final Four contender, but they you know, closed out the regular season very well. And then, like I said, made that run through the tournament. That was no fluke. They were playing as well as anyone. Uh, Big wins along the way and
0: definitely earned that Final Four spot. Yeah, leading up to maybe the WIAC tournament, I think there—if I can remember—there was maybe some momentum or some votes for them in the top twenty-five, but I don't think that was a strong opinion. Um, I'm, I'm not remembering them being in the top twenty-five, you know, before we saw them win the WIAC tournament and then go r- make that national tournament run. So I think you're right. Up until, you know, up through most of February, I don't think we were really seeing UW Whitewater as a nationally elite team. I think they ended up kind of in that in that position, but that from that season long standpoint, I don't think even human voters were thinking of them that way until we kind of saw them up to Fort Wayne.
1: All right. So Matt, we'll move on because we also did a kind of a wrap up from uh, the previous season uh, after we returned from Fort Wayne. So let's move on uh, to you know a little bit of a more robust uh, discussion here. Like what even are preseason ratings kind of like what's going into it um, and, and, you know, what, maybe some reasons why we should, take stock in certain things that it might say and some reasons why maybe um you can kind of discount a little bit of what uh what you might see in the preseason ratings.
0: Yeah, so you can go to d3datacast.com right now and see the full list of the preseason ratings. We're about to show like the top sampling of some preseason ratings teams, but it's good to know what is this doing, what is this not doing, what does the computer know and what does the computer not know. So right now to get a preseason rating, I'm using the weighted average of the last 2 seasons. Um, I, I, if people have been following me in the past, I had done a previous three seasons for preseason rating. The problem is three years ago was kind of that weird COVID non-season slash half season. A Bunch of teams didn't play at all. Um, a bunch of teams tried to play and played four games. Maybe some teams maybe played half a season, but that just got really messy in the data. I think it was doing more harm than good. Uh, in the future, I might go back to three years of data, but this year I cut it down to two because I think that was more relevant. Uh, so we're gonna have to see how that turns out. Um, I also add in some regression to the mean. So I just add kind of a bunch of league average into all teams' projections just to say, first of all, we don't know. We don't know a whole lot about these teams. There's there's players graduating. There's freshmen coming in. We're just going to push all teams a little bit more towards the middle um, and, and just kind of regress their projections. Super elite teams, you know, maybe aren't going to be quite super elite. Uh, maybe a bunch of them will. Who knows? Super bad teams might, you know, get a little bit better. So we'll see. Um, my, my computer system never knows anything about individual players. It just knows things on the team level. So it doesn't know anything about roster turnover. It doesn't know if Christopher Newport was all freshmen last year or all seniors. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't have that context of those last two seasons. So if you're getting a big transfer, if you're getting a big freshman, if you're losing a big uh, graduating senior, the computer system doesn't know that. So you you'll see teams that look out of place. Hey, we know they're returning a bunch of talent. They should be higher. We know that they lost a ton. Maybe they're not going to be a top five team. That's stuff that the humans know that my computer system currently is not built to know. So just keep that in mind as you see teams that look out of place. That might be why. Um, and I think the kind of the point of this for me is to give some context, some stability, um, maybe the term anchoring i'm not sure if i like that term but to early season results kind of gets it directionally correct um early on to make things make sense or at least to meet our expectations again not all teams will be in the place we think they're going to be we're going to see some outliers in just a little bit um but i think this helps the early season contextualize the early season a little bit give us things that make sense um and and just know that all of this projection data is going to be gone after 18 team games that's my current system is i kind of give one game of projection for the first eight games. And every time you play a real game, one of those games worth of projection falls out. After you've played eight, we're we're just talking about full live data here. Nothing is anchoring you to the preseason. There's nothing that forces teams' numbers to go towards the preseason. Um, by the by the middle of the year, the end of the year, all of the stuff is washed out. The computer's not looking at any of this anymore. Um, so just keep that in mind uh, about eight games that, depending on the team, depending on their schedule, it'll happen at a little bit of a different time., uh, but I, but usually by mid-December, teams have played their eight games. Uh, some might have played it as early as early, or sorry, early December. Uh, mid-December this should kind of kind of all all the way wash out so just see the record if they've played uh eight division three games only division three opponents count in my system then the preseason ratings will kind of all wash out so that's kind of what we're doing here that's kind of what's the setting the stage the goal is not necessarily to be perfect because again there's a whole bunch of stuff that the computer doesn't know but overall I think I kind of want it to generally make sense where teams fall based on how they've performed the last couple of seasons
1: that's really the the important thing to note is that here it, it, this is providing a starting point. Yep. Right, and then and then hopefully uh, e- even though it might not be perfect because it's not based on that current season's results, what you're not seeing is huge swings because you know you you uh, have a team maybe play really well in their first game yeah, and they play right. really poorly in their second game. And, right, you're seeing these big swings as, you know, a, after two games, you're talking about, you know, 50% of, the, the, of your games played so far, right? You know, each yeah. game is one out of two, um, right? So this kind of smooths out some of the early season results. And like you said, by, uh, by the time a team has played eight games, you can look at what their efficiency rating is and know that that is based on only what they have done to date, so that makes for a, a, a really kind of convenient um, starting place. Matt, this might be a good time to to um, also kind of give, uh, set some expectations you know, for what um, people who want to keep track of this kind of thing during the season um, can expect. Like we mentioned, uh, these are all posted on d3datacast.com. We have a, a special efficiency rating section. Um, and I believe you typically are doing daily updates. Is that is that correct?
0: Yes, especially when we get right into the crux of season, uh, January, February. These, these are pretty much daily. Um, if there's not very many games going on, depending on my, my availability and my schedule, sometimes it'll be at every other day kind of a thing. Uh, there will be a date stamp on the top of the page for, for I think all of my ratings pages that shows the last time that data set was updated. Um, and I think it even says the time. So if a result maybe went final after that time or wasn't reported to um, the NCAA because I I pulled uh, efficiency ratings data from like the NCAA stats page. So uh, sometimes I'll get emails from like coaches or assistant coaches or fans to say, hey, it looks like like there's a piece of data missing. And that's always good. I love that stuff because uh, there's also some wonky things that can happen to my data and I like to make sure it's accurate. It's hard to comb through, you know, 400 and whatever, 15 teams every single day to make sure it's all perfectly accurate. Uh, so i so i like those emails but if it's not reported to the ncaa if it's if that's that that box score is not input uh, or sometimes we see a score but not a full box score and i can't get my efficiency data uh, if that if that score is not there then my data can't pull it in and can't see it so that's a place to go and see it um so sometimes i notice i have hey a small error Sometimes the NCAA has changed the way they label a team, a team name in the middle of a season, and now my sheet can't find the right team in the right place, and that's an error. Sometimes the score is just not in there yet, uh, so keep in mind, look at the the timestamp date. Um, see, you know, any game after that won't be included yet. Any game that hasn't been had a score reported after that time won't be included yet. Uh, but yes, every other day at the very least, if not every day throughout the season. Um, as much as I can, I will update my sheet and then paste the results in. So it'll pull in right to d3datacast.com for your consumption.
1: All right, very good. So the table is set. Let's get into the preseason ratings for the 2023-24 season here, Matt. We're kind of taking a look at the the top 40. That conveniently fits into uh, two columns of 20 teams each. So I, I think that's how we arrived at the the 40 number, right? Yeah. Uh, so, um yeah, like we've talked about before, this is kind of setting a setting a starting point for the season, largely based on how you know how well teams have been over the last couple of years. Because good teams typically tend to you know keep being good, uh, bad teams typically tend to keep being bad, and then we can get, you know have that starting point and and uh, see movement there throughout the year. So really, uh, what we're looking at is sort of a representation of how. Uh, how good teams have been over the last couple of years with you know a little bit of regression to the mean, as you talked about, and some waiting to the, uh, the, the most recent season and the season yeah. before that.
0: Yeah, so you'll see the list um, and YouTube users will be able to see this on your screen. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, head to D3 Datacast. We're talking about the top 40 uh, d3datacast.com. And I'll I'll kind of try to give you some, some context here as well. But these are mostly teams at the top that have been good to elite, you know, really elite to be in the top five the last couple of seasons. So like top five, Randolph-Macon, St. Joseph, Connecticut, Oswego State, Christopher Newport, Johns Hopkins. I think that might be the exact same top five as ended last year. And guess what? I think if you go back two years, those teams were all great. So if you've been g- really good the last two years, the computer kind of expects you to be really good. Um, we know, you know, Randolph Macon, for example, lost Buzz Anthony after, you know, two seasons ago. They lost Miles Mallory after this next season. So they they've lost talent, but that's a really good program. So to some degree, the computer and us expects them to reload a, a little bit. I think Josh Merkel's got that program, you know, under control. He's gonna gonna reload a little bit. Will they be number one? I think probably not. But are they gonna be a top twenty five team? I think I think good chance that they are a top twenty-five team. So That was the top five. Rounding out the top 10, WPI, UW-Oshkosh, Swarthmore, Williams, Guilford. I think UW-Oshkosh is another team that's going to lose a whole bunch of talent, so we'll see where they end up. Um, Mount Union checks in at number 11. We saw them in the final four. Um, What's another uh, final four team here, Zach? I don't know if you see any. UW-Whitewater checking in at 30. Um, That's kind of around where they ended last season. There might be a team we expect to rise up a little bit. Um, And then... Some, uh, some other notable maybe numbers that I pulled out of the top 40, uh, Zach, six UAA teams. We talked last year about how good the UAA is. Six of their teams, I think that's an eight-team league, 75% are right now existing in the top 40 based on the computer's preseason projections. Now, that's lots of grains of salt on the preseason projections, but again, we're expecting the UAA to be really good next year, uh, obviously. Uh, this computer, as we said, doesn't even know about transfers. I think we've heard about Case Western Reserve and NYU in particular getting high-quality transfers into the program. So, like, who knows how that's going to end up, but, but but, that could be great. Uh, so the UAA, man, looking gangbusters again. Um, five NESCAC teams. We know that's a really good league, so maybe not a surprise to see five NESCACs. Uh, four WIAC teams, four ODAC teams. I think that all makes sense from what we've seen the last several years. We know, especially when you're looking at a top 40 a lot of those programs are going to be in there. Uh, maybe surprising though, just two CCIW teams. I mean, you know that was maybe a little bit of a weaker league last year than it has traditionally been. Now, weaker is a little bit in scare quotes, right? Because I think it was still a top three league in my opinion, but um, didn't have maybe the top level talent that it used to, usually has. Um, and the two CCIWs, I think interesting to me, the computer has Wheaton and Elmhurst because of kind of their last two years of consistency. Those are probably not the two I would pick to end up on this list. Um, but there's the two that are, that are on there. So, um, you know, I think obviously a good chance for other CCIW teams to come onto this list as well. That's a really good conference year in and year out. So some, some teams on the rise, but, but the two, I just thought it was funny. The two that made it in wouldn't be the, the two I pick into the spot, uh, based on what I'm expecting, uh, into this year.
1: Yeah. An interesting list, but again, this is a starting point and not necessarily a projection of where we think at the end of the season, you know, each of yeah. these teams, Uh, will land. Um, But still, Matt, I think uh, having looked at the top 40, it's also worth taking a look at some of the big movers in this preseason set compared to the final set from last season, both in terms of teams that are um, much higher than they finished last year or much lower than they finished uh, last year.
0: Yeah, so I just kind of picked out a semi-random sample of teams that that slid around a lot, as you said, from where they ended up to where they are last year. Most of this is based on that fact that there's two years of data and some regression to the mean built in here. So a team that was really good two years ago, right on the top of our list there, Marietta, final four team from from two years ago, uh, took a step back last year. Um, They ended up last year at 85. This year, they're checking at the preseason number 23. You know, I think the jury's going to be very much out on Marietta where they end up. I think somewhere in the 23 range makes sense. I think that's a little... Maybe high for me. I probably um, won't have them in my preseason ballot top 25. I, I've done no deep dive on my own, but just in my like, perception of where I think Marietta will be probably off that. But I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the season, they're kind of in that, that 23 range. Uh, but that's a, a 62 spot jump from where they ended last year to where the computer has them. Um, UW Platteville similarly was quite good. I think the computer had them two years ago mostly in the top five. Last year they had taken a step back to number seventy-four. The computer likes them at number twenty-nine, just outside that top twenty-five. Uh, Nazareth from the Empire Eight maybe taking a slide back. The computer liked them number twenty at the end of the season. Uh, this year it's not quite as confident in them, so it's sliding them back to thirty-one. I think it wants to see more consistent years out of Nazareth to uh, to put them kind of in that top 20 range. Uh, Brandeis is a team that it, that it has jumped up quite a bit into that top 40. They're that last team in the top 40, up 43 spots from number 83. Um, I think they're also a team, just in my cursory look, that has the chance to return a bunch of talent. So uh, they could be a team on the rise next year as well. And that that kind of number maybe makes sense for where I kind of uh, envision Brandeis maybe could end up. Uh, Claremont Mudd Scripps uh, is unfortunately a little bit of a a dropper, they ended up last year by the computer efficiency ratings number 24, uh, and the computer right now sees them number 50. So that's a 26 point slide. Uh, Whitworth is a is a riser. They had a little bit of a down season by their standards, although they think I think they still. Um, got into the national tournament, right? I think they won the Northwest Conference tournament, got into the national tournament. So they were still a really good team last year. Computer efficiency ratings had them 93rd in the final rating last year, up to 65 last year. I think that makes sense for Whitworth. We definitely expect them to be a top 100 team. And generally speaking, more actually towards the higher end of the top 100 than the back end. And then out of the NJAC, Montclair State, uh, dropping a few spots. The computer liked them, 42. We saw them in the national tournament as well. Um, but the computer for the preseason is going to slide them to number 70. It kind of wants to see that again out of Montclair State before it really, really trusts that.
1: It'll be interesting to take a look at once we get to that point where most teams are at the, the eight-game mark and we've completely switched over to... The actual uh, season data to uh, to kind of do a similar analysis and look at okay where are we now that we're we're banking on just what we've seen from this season compared to uh, you know where teams were slotted at that preseason movers list. So look forward to a future episode where we can kind of like revisit this whole format and this whole uh, uh, you know kind of list of topics here, but um, do a compare and contrast from preseason to okay now that we've got a a fully uh, in season
0: data set. Yeah, that'll definitely be interesting. Interesting to look at that once we get those that live data in and the preseasons come out. Where do we stand? I think we, we're going to do that for sure.
1: Now, Matt, before we get labeled as uh, you know spreadsheet nerds or uh, something like that, you know, we like to we like to take this data, use it to kind of uh, contextualize certain things that we see. We also like to use it for some picks, predictions, contests along the way. So one of the things that we wanted to do uh is is just kind of comb through some of it and pick out some teams that we think um have a chance to uh outperform uh you know where they're slotted here at the preseason Matt, we we decided that we were going to to break this up into like pick pick a team that is inside the top 25 that we think has a chance to uh Exceed their preseason uh, efficiency rating, and then maybe expand that to a team that is inside the top 100, but we think could be a big riser, and then a, a team that's currently outside that preseason top 100. Uh, and then we, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep it positive w- with three teams, and, and you know, on the on the negative side, we'll only talk have to talk about one team, but a team that you know we look at that preseason e- efficiency rating and think that maybe they're going to be uh, or have a hard time uh, meeting that. Alright, so so Matt, as it turns out, so knowing that we we're gonna go through this, I picked out I, I made six picks so that I had two for each category just in, in case that we had um, any duplicates, I could go to my to my backup pick. And I'm I'm feeling good about myself because as uh you know I was seeing your picks, all six of my picks were represented here. So starting with um, my pick that is currently inside the top twenty-five that I think has a chance. To um finish the season um, higher than their preseason efficiency rating. I'm gonna go with uh with Wash U, Matt. So we talked about the things that the computer knows and the things that the computer doesn't know. And in some cases, there are things that 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 we know that the computer isn't taking into account or can't take into account, right? Um so Wash U finished uh last season number 17, but they were a very young team. Uh five of their top six, uh, in terms of minutes played were freshmen or sophomore. Uh, but they already had an elite defensive efficiency rating, Matt. And, and you know, typically with young, younger players, it's, you know, needing some growth on that defensive side to really earn minutes. Right. So they had a very young team that was already playing at an elite, uh, level defensively. So I, I, I think that's uh really impressive for a young team and something that I think you have to at this point expect that they could continue. And, and, but they have some some room to grow then offensively, so that's why I kind of look at them as a team that could, uh, that could finish ahead of uh, of their preseason rating here.
0: Yeah, I think that's I think that's a great pick, and I'll I'll just go over to my pick right now for a top twenty five team. Uh, the the preseason ratings had Case Western Reserve number twenty, same conference UAA. We're picking two U- UAA teams right off the top to exceed their uh, their projection. I'm, they were they finished right around number twenty last year. I think twenty one by the computer. I think they're going to be maybe exceeding that this next year. Where we've heard tell um, that they're loading and reloading up on on transfers from you know other uh, higher divisions and other top uh, division three programs that maybe they don't have grad programs or whatever. I think Case Western Reserve has a chance to be like nationally elite as well. So they're they're my pick. Again, those things that the computer doesn't know, maybe some of those transfer news and rumors that we've heard of. Uh, Case Western Reserve number 20, I expect them to be more like a top 10 team, I think, by the end of the season.
1: All right, moving outside the top 25, Matt, we look at teams that are currently inside the top 100 that we... Uh, expect to outperform their preseason rating here and i'm gonna go with with john carroll again another situation where you got to look at what we know versus what the computer knows you go back two seasons john carroll really struggled Bad, bad but that yes yes it was not good but, but that's really irrelevant to this uh, this current group, right? I mean, the roster has turned over significantly. They've brought in a bunch of impact transfers and not like the fifth-year kind where, you know, they played last season and are, are suddenly gone from the program, right? These are guys that are now going to be in their second year of the program. Um, uh, so really, I think, you you know, you look at two years ago, that's going to be weighing down their preseason rating here. It's completely irrelevant, Um you know, one of the themes kind of as we were tracking efficiency ratings last year as as the season was going on that is that the computer was not as high on John Carroll as uh, the human voters were, right? They were getting high consideration in the top 25 poll, but the, the computer was was not so sure. Like, a, you know, a good team, but not quite in that range. Um, but even then, they finished number 34 last year. So even if they just match that, they easily beat this preseason rating here, uh, yeah. ranked number 98
0: and they're likely better. And I think John Carroll out of this whole list of all the division three teams, I think is the easy gimme putt to, to beat their ratings. Just for all the things that you've said their two years ago was so bad. It's pulling their rating down. And, and we know that's not the team that this team is. So I expect that, that rating to rise quickly as those kind of eight games progress and they put up strong results. I'm expecting, uh, I'm, I'm expecting really big things from John Carroll. I think as, as you are Zach, uh, my pick for a team in the top 100, uh, I'm going to go at number 34, uh, NYU, another UAA team. That's going to be just a tremendous league this year. I think that whole league is going to be stacked. Um, it's going to be going to be great things. Uh, they were a relative computer darling last year. My efficiency ratings had them uh, up to a number eleven last season. So very strong team by the computers. Uh, we saw them kind of get bounced a little bit early in the NCA tournament, first round loss. Um, but I think they're bringing most of what they had. Last Zach, I'm led to believe that uh, Friedman and Saverino, who I think were listed as fifth years last year, but I think somehow there was maybe they were graduate students, but they still had a year of eligibility back. I think I think we've heard that they're returning. If that's correct, that's the uh, assumption I'm operating under right now. Most of the rest of the team, I think, was eligible to return. Maybe like one other senior that I'm not sure about. Uh, and then I, I've also heard tell some rumors. Uh, of additional transfers coming into the mix from other, you know, good Division three programs and maybe some higher levels. So really interested to see what NYU comes up with. I expect it's going to be higher than 34. I expect them to be a top 25 team. I think I might consider them, you know, around the top five when I do my, my preseason ballot, you know, pending how my deep dive comes out. But I expect, I expect NYU to be great. So 34 here, I saw them easily exceeding and I'm expecting to get this pick correct.
1: Now reaching outside the top 100, Matt, um, you know, I, ha- I picked out uh, two CCIW teams. You know, you talked about, uh, you know, inside the top 40, there were two CCIW teams, maybe not the two that you would yeah. pick. You know, so there's a couple here outside the top 100 that, uh, that jumped out to me. You took one, so I'll uh, present the other here. I'm going to go with Carthage, preseason number 117 here. Matt, they were a very young team last year. Uh, Returned a bunch of talent. Um, I think that there's a big step forward coming for Carthage. Um, they had some um, some SOS problems, but uh, you know, won a bunch of games in the non-conference and uh, acquitted themselves well overall. I think you would say in CCIW play. I think it's a team ready to to take another step forward, grow together, and will be inside the top 100 after starting outside the top 100 uh, in the preseason ratings.
0: Yeah, I said not the two teams I expected for the CCIW as far as top 40. These are the two teams I expected, Carthage and my pick, North Park here, who checks in at 101 on the preseason ratings. Um, I think I would pick these as the top two teams right now in the CCIW. I don't know which order I would pick them in, uh, but I'm expecting them to both be up and around the top of the standings. And if you're near the top of the standings in the CCIW, you don't even have to win the league, but you're an easy top 100 team. Uh, You're probably a top 30 team easy. So I expect North Park, uh, along with your pick Carthage, to uh, outstrip their projection. Uh, these were two teams. I think North Park, in particular, um, you know, several seasons ago, had been, um, or, you know, a relative bottom dweller in Division Three, particularly by CCIW standards. And and last year they just came on like gangbusters, had a tremendous season. We saw them uh, in the NCAA tournament. I think the Sweet 16 of the tournament. That program has positive momentum going for it. Um, they were, they were, it was a dormant program. Like they were great in what was it, the late seventies kind of into early eighties. were a national power, um, for our entire time, I think Zach following division three, which is kind of early to mid two thousands to the present day. I think North park has not really been nationally relevant almost any of those years. Uh, and last year they were very much. So I expect this next year for them to be very much. So I expect North park, um, uh, you know, for the, foreseeable future, I think that program has built something here and I expect them to be in the national conversation now.
1: All right. So that's the opportunity to talk positively about a few teams there, Matt. But we also got to talk about a team that we think will will have a hard time making their, their preseason prediction. Uh, so I'll start with the preseason number sixty-six team. That's Yeshiva. Uh, again, go into, you know, what we know and what the what the computer may not know. And I, I think that ranking you go back two years is still buoyed by the uh the end of the Ryan Terrell, Gabe Leifer yeah. uh era that was, you know, tremendously successful, like heights that yeshiva basketball has never seen before. Uh and then you know, you get into to last year, um, it'll you know, kind of a transition year for them. They didn't rank in the top one hundred for offensive or defensive efficiency margin uh last year, let alone the top one hundred overall. They fell all the way to number one seventy-three. That's just I I think um you know, given the transition year last year, I think they will be have a good chance to be better. But going from 173 all the way to meet that preseason number 66 is a long way to go. I think they're going to have a hard time doing it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think I think I think that's a good pick, Zach. Uh, my pick to miss. I'm going up at number 17, uh, Wheaton, Illinois, CCIW. Uh, my impression of Wheaton last year is that they were a very experienced team, kind of a more c- c- senior and kind of grad transfer laden team. Uh, so I'm expecting them to have to replace a lot of parts in that kind of playing rotation. I think they'll probably be a good team. I think there's a great program there in Wheaton, obviously. Uh, Coach Shower does a great job. Uh, I just don't really think, I don't see them right now as maybe a top 25 team. And so seeing them all the way up at number 17 after a string of success, uh, I expect them maybe to to take a little bit of a step back. doesn't have to be a huge step back, but I just don't think they'll hit 17. And, uh, and I think they'll be sliding somewhere uh, below that.
1: Matt, we always like to invite viewer participation. So like we mentioned, you can scan the whole list at d3datacast.com. And if you're so inclined, uh, leave a comment letting us know your picks here for uh, teams in the top 25, top 100, and outside the top 100 that you think will be significant risers over the course of the year. And maybe there's a team in there that you think um, will have a a harder time meeting their preseason projection uh, and you expect to finish the year a little bit lower.
0: Uh, Zach, before we head on, though. I do want to reset last year. We did a similar exercise and I think we'd be remiss not to recall last year. I know you want to avoid the topic, Zach, but, uh, last year we just just picked one team. Bring it on, bring it on, bring it on. We just picked one team just to beat expectations. And I took the gimme of John Carroll last year. I think the computer had them 154 coming into the season. We knew that they had a bunch of new talent coming in. We knew that they were kind of really bad the year before. Uh, They finished number 34, so that was a huge rise. I was absolutely correct in my pick last year. Zach, you picked Hope, which is an always an unfortunate pick for someone on this podcast to pick Hope. Uh, They were preseason number 83. The computers had them just missing that at number 94. So you were incorrect last year. So I'm hoping for again my correctness and your incorrectness. Zach, what do you have to say for yourself there?
1: Well, Matt, you know I I can be prone to making picks based on you know an emotional hedge. So, you know, in this case, I'm uh, I'm happy to be wrong. Although, uh, you know, the way the season ended, that didn't really work as a great emotional hedge. But help. we'll we'll move on. Yeah,
0: it did, no. not, it did not help in the end. No.
1: I look forward to greater success with this season's picks. All right. Well, thank thanks for bringing that final uh, thought to the table, Matt. Yeah. And that concludes our look at the preseason efficiency ratings for the 2023-2024 season. Uh, We mentioned, uh, Matt, we have a Patreon set up where viewers can uh, join us in supporting our efforts and and our commitment to keeping d3datacast.com and all the the information from ever going behind a paywall. We'd like to thank the people here listed on the screen for their continued support. Head to d3, or excuse me, head to patreon.com slash d3datacast for more information on what that's all about.
0: I had fun today, Zach. I'm excited for the season, getting into our regular episodes. The season has started from our perspective. So we're, we're in season mode already right now, or just about, uh, but today was absolutely great job, Zach. Just a, a tremendous, tremendous job team.
1: Good job team.